0: It's Gooey 2, Electric Boogaloo. This is part two of our annual Game of Our Year celebration. I'm Santo. I'm joined by Alex. Hi everyone. And Matt. Hello! And we are here to count down the rest of our categories. Uh, if you missed uh, the first part, be sure to check that out. Uh, because who knows, we might, there might be some callbacks. There might be some uh, games that we nominate for multiple categories. So let's get started here uh, with anticipation because that is our first category It's our most anticipated games for 2024 which i, I think you mean anticipation <laughs> well i i don't know about that because me and matt we were looking through the list and it's it's
1: sparser than i thought yeah. it would be yeah i i managed to scrounge together a few things but yeah it's not not looking like a very good year this year
2: yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's a couple things, and it's funny because there's even a couple of things that I think that I'm looking at that we've talked a little bit about before. But to be fair, this was kind of a crazy year for releases. Yeah, so was so was so was 2022 actually because that was Elden Ring, and uh, I feel like 2022 was. I feel like 2022 and 2023 were both big years. They really did end up blurring together, honestly. Yeah, uh,
0: and you know. This, these are the games that we're most looking forward to but not
1: all of them have
0: a defined release date and even if they do they could get pushed back uh some of our uh, most anticipated games from last year that got pushed back metal slug tactics uh homeworld 3 the prince of Pers- Persia I, I, remake I, uh hades, hades, 2, hades, two. hades 2 yeah yeah that was a big one uh the in 1 and 2 remaster so lots of stuff we'll see uh, this year if uh some of those end up coming out, but uh, for me, I've got a couple that I'm anticipating. One of which is actually coming out pretty soon. Here, uh, I'm anticipating it's full release because it's been in early access, but I didn't even know that it existed until like a week ago. And that's a Blaze Blue Entropy Effect. Oh, uh, so it's it's not a fighting game, which you know the Blaze Blue oh. games typically have been. This
2: is the one that's not even being developed by. Um... Arc system is it not works? Arc- no I don't think it's Arc system works it's like some Chinese company isn't it yeah oh, sure it, whatever
1: it's weird because uh I heard that apparently um like some the dialogue in the game is in Chinese uh but the, it's translated to English but then because I I'm assuming that like all the character voice lines while fighting are just taken from blaze blue uh so they're they're then speaking in Japanese when they're fighting
0: so uh, that's weird uh maybe that will change for the whole, full release maybe not maybe yeah. blaze
1: blue has been uh
0: unfortunate with its uh choices of di- uh voice
1: acting they s- just stopped doing english voice acting that they brought it back for cross tag in fact they even gave they english had to bring voice- it back for yeah. cross tag <laughs> but they even in cross tag they even gave like the under characters english voice acting who the, those games never even had an English translation till that point
0: regardless um yeah this is like an action roguelike roguelite whatever um, and you know blaze blue games have always had immaculate uh, character art and like animation art and stuff like that they, they just look amazing in motion and seeing a little bit of just like uh, motion from this game it looks like that same flashy style applies so if it plays well it could be could be a really good one
2: i was going to say i think i think i heard well cuz i remember hearing about it and it was in early access and i heard some pretty mixed stuff like people definitely thought that it looked great but i also heard people saying that it's like very samey and repetitive and not The people weren't enjoying it but sometimes that's kind of like the problem with an early access game is that the content isn't actually there yet yeah so We'll see.
0: It's coming out literally the last day of the month. Last day of January, I think, so should be able to find out pretty quickly. Uh, And then the other two that I'm looking forward to are actually two games that were shown in a Nintendo Direct that we uh, reacted to. Uh, The first one is uh, Ayudin Chronicles 100 Heroes, which is a Suikoden ripoff. Uh, I was anticipating this game until I learned that it's a Kickstarter game. And now I'm cautiously optimistic. Because <laughs> huh. like, okay, it's been in development for a very long time, apparently. And, you know, Kickstarter, some games can be great like FTL. Some games can be terrible like Money No. 9. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that how that ends up uh, turning out. Uh, and then the last one, the one that I'm most, most anticipating, is a Unicorn Overlord. The, this was shown in a trailer that didn't really show too much at that Nintendo Direct, but it looks like it's a spiritual successor to the original Ogre Battle, maybe. And and, that, and the and original it's, Ogre Battle is one of my favorite games ever.
1: Uh, it's vanillaware, right? Yeah. I've never actually yeah.
0: played a vanillaware game, but their games are generally held in high regard. I really want to play Thirteen Sentinels Aegis Yeah, Because that I, sounds I, right I've up my alley. Great things. Uh, but yeah, time time manipulation, time travely visual novel tower defense mech game that sounds all right so yeah th- those are the games I'm anticipating uh, this year
1: all right um so the games I'm anticipating so one of them's actually out already um well in early access anyways uh, and that's pal world <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yep. I have been playing a little bit about it. I won't go into it too much I'll save that for uh the next episode after I've had some more time with it but yeah, it's basically it's a Pokemon sur- Pokemon like survival game. And one disappointing thing is there are actually no like from what I've seen so far, there's no actual Pal battles. You just send oh. them out and they fight alongside you. But yeah, like it's it's got like some Ark Survival Evolved in there. Um, some some Pokemon or some pals that like some are clearly like. I don't I don't want to say blatant rip offs but uh definitely inspired at the very least but it it's pokemon with guns <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh next up I'm looking forward to now now there's like no date or even a year for this but uh there was a recent uh I think there was a back end update for steam that re- that alludes to it and that's the uh, Elden Ring DLC, Shadows of the Air Tree.
0: Mm, okay.
1: I mean, more Elden Ring, what's not to like? <laughs> I, I've been thinking about in- reinstalling it and playing a bit with the randomizer. <laughs> Ooh. See how that goes. Now, the next game I'm looking forward to, I it's not something I'm really, like, I might not even play it this year. It's, uh, like, I'm not... Like, I'm not looking forward to it so much that, like, I want to jump right onto it. And that's Persona 3 Reload. Yeah. Like, I want to play it eventually. One. I want to play it eventually because I think Persona 3 is, like, in terms of the story and stuff, I, I think Persona 3 is probably my favorite of 3, 4, and 5. Same. Uh, so I definitely want to check it out. Check out the new voice actors and just uh, see, see how it stacks up. Now uh next is actually a fan game I'm looking forward to, and I think it comes out either towards the end of this month or it might even just be in a couple days actually. And that's Bloodborne Cart. Oh my Wait, god. god. <laughs> <Bloodborne>? <laughs> yes that sounds, that sounds silly. Bloodborne cart. It is, it looks silly. It it it's the same uh person behind the uh Bloodborne uh PS one, PSX uh version the D make, and it's got that same uh playstation one visual style but it's bloodborne cart <laughs> that's that's amazing and the last one i'm kind of looking forward to uh it was announced last year again there's no real like date on it not even a year i think now controversial opinion here but i like gex <laughs> And this is the Gex Trilogy. Uh, <laughs> Coming from limited run games. I like Gex in theory.
0: <laughs> Playing it, on the other hand... Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, Crystal Diamond find finest work. Step aside, Lorecroft. Gex
1: is where the real action's at. Uh, but yeah, that's about it for uh, what I'm looking forward to.
2: Alright, Alex? Yeah, so, uh, we, I kind of mentioned this a little bit on uh, the previous episode, but I'm really looking forward to Homeworld 3, which was supposed to release this year, and didn't. Although, I guess, uh, at this point, <laughs> we're in 2024 now. But yeah, so Homeworld 3 got delayed, but I am excited about it. It looks like it's uh, going to be, hopefully, interesting and good. I mean... To be honest, I, I, there's there's not really tons of information about the game other than, you know, they've released a few trailers and, and talked a little bit about it. And so it's, it's going to be like a return to just the 3D space RTS formula, but they're trying to add, like, uh, they're trying to make it a bit more interesting by adding terrain in the form of alien superstructures, which is an interesting idea to add terrain into space. And then... Also, they're adding like a roguelike mode, which I d- d- every game seems to have to have a roguelike mode these days. Um, and I think it's also co-op, like three-player, which is always a weird number. I'm always surprised when people are like, yeah, we're going to make a three-player game. And I'm like, what? I guess as co-op. The, it's not hey, so bad. There's the three of us. There's three of us. It's true. There we go. Um, yeah, but... Uh,
1: it's not often you get a i feel like it's not often you get a co-op rts
2: the rts genre in general has really just kind of been left behind i would say yeah like the last
1: the last co-op rts i can think of that i played was halo wars
2: i think
0: some of the new age of empires 2 expansions have co-op campaigns in
2: them yeah. Don't quote me on that, though. But, yeah, I mean, apparently they're still, like, really focusing on just making the single-player campaign really good, uh, which is obviously where Homeworld has always excelled. And I think that that's also just, you know, making a single-player RTS campaign is such a, like, it's so not a thing these days. So it's almost a throwback in that sense, but I'm really excited for it and i uh i think it's uh i i i hope it lives up because homeworld was amazing homeworld two was also amazing and it's but it's been a long time though and to be honest uh the last game because they did make it they did make a third game, which was uh homeworld deserts of Ka- homeworld deserts of karak or K- karak 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 anyway. It was like a prequel to the first game and it was set on land. So it was like a more traditional RTS and it was, it was all right. I didn't really, I didn't dislike it, but it didn't really capture the magic of the first two games in in my opinion. And partly, I don't know, partly I think I just didn't like the, it just, it didn't feel like Homeworld to me and partly maybe that was just because it was not a space not it wasn't a 3D space game anymore it was a more i
0: mean it, yeah lacking an entire
2: dimension yeah <laughs> it was lacking <laughs> an, an entire dimension god like, that's, that's all you have to say really yeah and so um yeah it'll be it'll be uh yeah interesting to see how it how they how they kind of bring it back to the roots so to speak and then also, what they do with these kind of additional game modes, if they're going to be any good or not. Yeah. And then, so that's like the big one that I'm looking forward to. And then, I don't know, like there's a lot of other stuff, and I've been looking through, like, oh, what's releasing, like, what's coming up. And I, like you guys, I'm kind of not, there's not a lot that I'm as excited about uh, this year upcoming that we know of so far. Um, a couple of things that stand out to me, maybe World of Goo 2, uh, I don't actually know a lot about it, but I really liked World of Goo, which was also, like, so long ago. Like, that feels like a game that came out, like, 15 years ago or something. For the Wii, right? <sighs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I played it on PC, so I don't remember if sure. it was on the Wii. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I mean, no, I I'm think pretty it pretty might sure have it was I was thinking
0: played. of, like, a boy-ass blob or something uh i don't know which of those games is which oh man (laughs) yeah yeah no (laughs) because the names are kind of similar
2: yeah yeah world of goo released uh released 2008 on windows and (laughs) Wii, and then later on other uh some other devices later but yeah like 2008 damn so anyway uh but that could be could be interesting uh World of Goo 2 and then uh, we talked a little bit about Space Marine 2 and I- I'm not sure about it because on the one hand I think I mentioned I wasn't the the biggest fan of uh, Space Marine like 40k Space Marine uh, the, uh, the first go around but I was kind of like happy to see that the second game game's got like a f- big focus on Tyranids and part of me wants to be like yeah they're doing something like a, a little bit different like they're, they're bringing nids into an actual 40k video game which they don't <laughs> get they don't get nearly enough love from, just, make it even,
0: uh, just make it even closer to Gears of War, yeah, by making the enemy type a little bit closer.
2: Listen, <laughs> you know, every <laughs> we've got to have a circle of we got to have a circle of ripping things off. You know, in this this whole just big Space Marine um, genre, N-
1: nothing's original anymore.
2: No, it never was. I mean, Starcraft was supposed to be a forty k game until games workshop was like, no, we don't want to license it to you, which we've talked about as probably yep. their biggest mistake ever. Um but then uh but then also even Forty K itself was a ripoff of other sci fi works and nothing's original. Yep. Maybe Heinlein if you want to go go back to some OG sci fi authors, but Katamari Damashi. <laughs> what?
0: What is Katamari a ripoff of?
2: Oh God, that's a that's a that's a question. Um, I'm gonna say it's a ripoff. Or fuck that, Noby Noby Boy. I'm gonna say that it's <laughs> that's a rip- original. That... Yeah, now we Noby Boy. Was Unless a
0: there's some weird, weird like old myth folklore of stretching until you reach the
2: moon and other planets. <laughs> I don't know. That game was that was a game, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Those are a few things I'm looking forward to. I guess, like I said, I'm not as excited about what I've been looking at that's upcoming this year.
0: Yeah, like I I, I took a look through some uh, history. I, I went to Wikipedia for the Games of 2023 page and looked at the edit history. and went back to like you know mid January of you know. 2023 and looked okay what was announced then and there was a similar number of games but there were way more high profile games announced for last year this time than there are this year this time so uh i'll be interested interesting to see like if you know a lot of triple a release dates get announced but i mean the big announcement uh vehicles for that don't start until like the summer so I don't know. Maybe this will be a weak year for games.
1: Maybe. Could be. Or I mean, a really stacked uh uh fall winter.
2: Perhaps. Maybe.
1: Like like the good old days.
2: Yeah, hard to hard to say. I mean, especially like we were talking about how, you know, there might be some games that are gonna just get dropped. Yeah. With little notes. Shadow drops.
0: All right, so uh, our next category that we're going to be looking at is uh, Best Level. Oh,
2: and actually probably Hades 2. I'm looking forward to Hades 2. We forgot to mention that.
0: I mean, considering it was one of your most anticipated games last year and it still hasn't come out, there's a reasonable assumption there that you're still anticipating (laughs) it. That's true. All right. So, yeah, our next category is going to be Best Level. So, you know what defines a level it's for us to really decide but you know best if it's like a defined level if it's an area if it's a sequence in a game whatever that ends up being uh matt why don't you let let us know uh what what your thoughts are on this
1: yeah so it's funny you brought up katamari not long ago oh god uh because my best level is make the moon in katamari <laughs> Domacy reroll <laughs> okay nice it just takes everything you've done up to that point, and you just gotta go even bigger. You just gotta make a three hundred meter ball. Just, I, I, I think the only thing the level's lacking a little is that you start at one meter. I think it would be a little better if you started from the smallest you start in that game oh. and have to work all the way up. <laughs> but still, like. Like at at the end game, there the fact where you're you're rolling up entire islands, you're picking up the clouds in the sky because your Yang's so big. <laughs> it's just it's it's the penultimate uh, level. Nice. It, it's what that builds. up. It's what the game builds up to.
0: All right, all right. Uh, my I had a lot of trouble choosing my best level because th- not a lot really stood out. I didn't play that that many games this year that. Had a lot of levels per se, and if they were, they were just like kind of the same samey as like the rest of the game. So all I'm gonna say this time is also kind of samey to the rest of the game, but I don't care because this is a great level and it's in a game that technically came out this year. I'm going with Mute City from F099. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, a, right. it's honestly like a pretty decent F0 track, it doesn't have a lot of like bells and whistles but it's very basic it's got jump it's got some tight turns some uh, rocky areas very small for 99 people to be bumping into each other on it's completely <laughs> chaotic some of the other levels like it's clear like the longer levels you know uh a person's skill at f0 will you know cap the cap the ceiling that they can be at but on mute city i've like raised Pretty much the same in two different races, and one time got like fifteenth, and another time got like eighty second. <laughs> it's just pure chaos. Nice with a bumping song. So yeah, yeah. it feels like a cop out, but <laughs> I'm going with it anyways.
2: Oh man, yeah, you know there's a there's a couple there's a couple I've got two I've got two that I'm thinking of. They both got they've both got bumping songs in very different ways. Um and I was I was I was not sure if uh, Matt was gonna perhaps nominate the, the the singing piranha plant level from Super Mario Wonder. But I had thought about it. That's the easy that's the easy answer. Uh and I'm sure many other many other podcasts might nominate that as their best level. But I'm gonna nominate actually Swift Platform from Control, which is actually from the Foundation DLC basically it's like a little side it's actually like a little side quest level and it's basically a. it's basically a haunted camera and you go in to this uh you know to like purify it or whatever and it pretty much i mean this is i guess suppose i suppose it's a mild spoiler but the camera basically like is like okay now you're in a movie the movie is called swift platform and then you get a pretty fun sort of uh challenge level where you there's a bit of platforming and there's like some some shooting and stuff enemies etc but it's just got like a bumping soundtrack it just super fast paced and really fun little level there's a couple other there was other parts of control that i was tempted to uh Nominate like the smoking maze, but Swift platform that's my favorite level 2023. I guess you, you, I guess you were trying to play the Alan Wake games before Control, Matt. Uh, Um,
1: but but, well, with the exception of uh Quantum Break, because I've already played it,
2: I'm gonna pretty much go through the rest in release Mm -hmm. order. And I didn't get to the DLC in Control, so oh. Yeah, because Swift Platform was in the DLC. I mean, it's a good game. And it's a
0: good game. Me and Matt's picks are kind of rehashes. <laughs> Matt's is from a re-release and mine is from a Battle Royale. <laughs> Race of
2: Royale, whatever you want to it's call
1: a, it. It's a re-release, but I had, I had never played it before. Okay, fair enough.
2: <laughs> Yeah, because we got Mute City, we got sorry, Matt, what was the Make name? the Here's moon. A, make the moon in Katamari. Right. I'm trying to remember if I played that one. I'm not sure if I did. I played Katamari, but you know the funny thing is I played Katamari Forever, which was also kind of a re release game, because they basically took levels from a bunch of other Katamari games and put it into one game. Katamari's just been like Katamari is such a weird franchise because it's kind of unique, and yet they seem to keep rehashing. It seems to keep rehashing it, itself. It's because the
1: the the original I, I I don't know his name, but the original creator left after the second one
2: to make Noby Noby Boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I'm sure he's made other. Th- I think he's made other weird games. Oh, I hope probably. they were they're weird. I'd be disappointed if they weren't. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so we have to pick a winner. We do have to pick a winner here. Katamari, make the moon. Mute City from F-Zero. Or Swift Platform from Control. I mean, in
0: Control you go to a lot of different places, but do you go to the moon?
2: Um, I... I don't know. You you go to weird places. That's the funny thing, too. Like.
0: Weird metaphysical places.
2: You go to weird metaphysical places. Are any of them on See, Katamari's
0: all about the physical. You're rolling up physical things. Yeah. To make
2: the moon. Yeah. My vote's vote's for uh, Katamari. Sure. My favorite Katamari level was the one where you end up rolling up the whole damn universe. That's a classic. That's too much. See, you can't yeah. do that because then where do you go from there? Where do you go? You you don't go anywhere, and that's why they How can't escalate.
1: That you can't. It's a, it's that's a, it's why it's like, done. It's like Gurren Log, it can't get any bigger.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that's All when right. you that's when you go abstract.
0: Spe- speaking of uh Log, that's something that's you know that's an anime. That's not really a video game. But sometimes you get your video game and your anime or your actor in your video game or your
1: food food establishment.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so we're gonna be going over some of the weirdest crossovers of last year and try to pick which which of these is the weirdest one. So we have a number of nominees already here. Uh, we have uh, Among Us cross Vampire Survivors. We have Alucard from Helsing. Cross Call of Duty. We have Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight. Uh, one of my favorites, Street Fighter VI cross Chipotle. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV cross Fall Guys. Overwatch cross One Punch Man. Uh, Magic the Gathering cross Jurassic Park with the fantastic uh, Jeff Goldblum uh, likeness card. Uh, Power Watch Simulator cross Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, Lion Monster Farm yeah, cross Softbank and also cross Code Geass. And also the last one is Fitness Boxing cross Fist of the North Star.
2: Yeah, that last one with Fist of the North Star was the one that definitely, I think, threw me the hardest. That's the one I want to win. Well,
1: well, this year you get Fitness Boxing cross Hatsune Miku.
0: I mean, that's <laughs> like may, maybe sure like you, you can, you know, Fitness Boxing, like doing like dance moves and stuff. Have you seen a fight in Fist of the North Star? <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you fitness to that? Like, just doing a bunch of, like, two finger pokes, and then things are exploding? Yeah, like, you...
2: How does this work? Oh my, oh my, oh my. <laughs> I think, okay, <laughs> The other thing that really gets me about Fist of the North Star, like, like okay Hatsune Miku fitness boxing, I'm like okay, it's a bit weird, but I fully expect Hatsune Miku to be shilled out as hard as possible for every anything and everything. Whereas Fist of the North Star is just like what? I, I is does that is there even anything happening with that series? They they've continued making series.
0: I don't know when the l- most recent one is, but there was one at least i think in 2018 or 2019 which was fully cg and looked fucking terrible
2: yeah because that's the thing like i think fist of the north star i think like 15 20 year old media <laughs> older than that Jesus. Older, yeah. yeah um i does it predate jojo i think it does actually or and like and i'm JoJo's like jojo's t- been going for a while i think it pre okay i think its popularity <laughs> sure. predates jojo's popularity to be honest actually yeah but I I don't know. The other thing is like popular in Japan versus popular here. Sometimes there's kind of a big difference there. The other one like okay some of these are weird, but I'm like they're not that weird. Like okay Among Us Vampire Survivors I'm like whatever they're two video games. They're not really related at all, but they're both video games. Um, I think that like the 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 other one that like really gets me is just the Street Fighter 6 Chipotle just because I'm like huh yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> Like the only time Why? I expect a, the only time I expect a restaurant to be shilling video games is basically like a McDonald's toy or something.
0: No, the, the only time I I expect food to cross promote with video games is Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> or,
2: or that, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, like, Chipotle. Chipotle just of like, all huh? things
0: for Street Fighter Six. Is Chipotle big in Japan? I I like, I don't I even expect, know like,
1: Chipotle I, has a foot presence in Japan.
0: I would I, expect I don't like Street Fighter it. Six and KFC.
1: Because KFC is very
0: big in Japan, but like, yeah, what? we're also Why? just
2: yeah, we're also just like I just think about the demographic, and I'm like, I don't think of Chipotle as like being a video game heavy demographic of their customers, you know? Maybe I don't know. I, I, I don't burrito. know. Either, <laughs> it's not <laughs> I like, like Chipotle, but like Doritos. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Chipotle, huh?
0: So, okay. To fact to fact check earlier, uh, fifth, of, fifth of the North Star started in 1983 jojo's
1: was 1987 so so it does predate okay yeah uh, see one that's weird to me is uh nicholas cage in dead by daylight uh like i could understand it if it was like a character from a horror movie he had played in but the fact that it's just nicholas cage Yeah,
0: that's where it gets weird, because like Nicholas Cage showing up in just whatever project, that's nothing new. Uh, But starring as himself in it, that adds an interesting wrinkle to it. I mean,
2: Nicholas Cage is also just he he has become a meme and he kind of just leans into it because he's, I don't know, bankrupt again or whatever. (laughs) He needs money. Yeah. (laughs) He'll say yes to anything. That's uh, that's been the joke about why he's in so many just weird projects. Mm.
0: It's another still... another one that I want to talk about here, though, is Power Wash Simulator Cross Final Fantasy Seven. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. Like, I have played through the entirety of Final Fantasy Seven. Nowhere in there,
1: would I say is appropriate for power. Just power washing. No, no. No, no like, what you're doing is uh, you're in the lobby of the Shinra building, and you're washing the vehicles they have on display.
2: What? <laughs> what? Ah. That is a it's like very weird setup. Like Power Wash Simulator.
0: Like everything I've seen about it is this like weird like chill slash manic OCD type of game. And Final Fantasy VII is not a vibe that I think fits in either of those categories.
1: Well, I think what we're forgetting here, though, is Power Wash Simulator is uh, uh, is published, published by Square, by Square Enix. Enix. Uh, yeah, sure, <laughs> but still, Square Enix publishes
0: a lot of things. Okay, it's but, an odd, it's an odd mix. Know. Yeah. So there's definitely some weird ones, but I, I think my vote is still with Fitness Boxing Cross Fist of the North Star. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, again, just the motions don't make sense for that.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna... I, I think I'm voting for that one, too, because, again, like I said, like, some of these other ones, I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, it's a bit odd, but but when I, when I first heard about that one, I was just like, what the hell are they doing? Like, this makes no sense at all to me.
1: Yeah. So I I, I can agree with the uh, Fist of the North Star. But I also just want to point out to our listeners, there's no Fortnite on here.
0: Yeah, we disqualified Fortnite. Yeah,
1: when when we were were making this, I kind of established that at this point, nothing in Fortnite is weird anymore. No. It can be surprising, but not weird. Yeah.
2: It's not even surprising anymore. Like, Peter Griffin's in right now. (laughs) Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever.
1: It was only a matter of time after, you know, the Futurama got added, so. I'm still surprised at the lack of Simpsons, though. Simpsons probably wanted too much money.
0: But you know what You know what the Simpsons has that, you know, has not gotten worse with time? The theme song. Mm. And that leads us right into our next category, which is uh, Best Music. My pick for Best Music is going to be Octopath Traveler 2. Uh, I think this game does something that I like seeing in a lot of games where it incorporates uh, the game's mechanics with the music in uh, some really nice ways between like the characters, story levels, areas, and all that. Uh, So the first selection I'm going to play here is A a Sensational City Day. Uh, It's got kind of like a Roaring 20s vibe, uh, swing kind of thing. Uh, so it's it's a pretty nice song, but one of the things that's cool about Octopath Traveler 2 and how it uses music is that there's a day and a night system in the game, and you can flip between these whenever. So when you're in an area and you flip between a day and night, it'll go to like a lo-fi chill version of that song. So like this is you know a very jazzy snap your fingers to. But the same version of the song at night be a lot more chill. Oh yeah, laid back. You can tell slower tempo. This this version of the, the song on the soundtrack is uh, two minutes longer than the day version. Oh yeah. So that's that's a great use of. Um, uh, using music differently where it's you know the same melody, same really track, but done in two different styles to represent a single place at two different times. And yeah, like it seamlessly transitions in between the uh songs when you're switching between day and night, like the exact same point in the song. Nice. Kinda, of, so that that works out pretty well. Um but the thing that really pushes a uh, Octopath Traveler 2 over the edge to me for me is the character themes. The character themes are done incredibly well. This is one of the very few JRPGs where like the battle songs aren't my favorite songs on the soundtrack. So uh, I'm gonna go into a few of them here. So uh, the first theme we're gonna listen to is the theme of Agnia the Dancer. Actually, you know, it's gonna be a dancer's theme, so it's gonna be pretty bright, pretty energetic, kind of an Irish jig style and you know it starts to you know ramp up get more energetic more and faster as the song goes on uh the character themes they had different versions of them based on different times like when you're having a like emotional confrontation with one of the like other main characters of the theme or like pre-battle they'll play like a heavier version of the character's themes and even like the final battle against the bosses of the particular routes will like uh, incorporate the character theme into the battle music. The dancers actually is hilarious because it's an entirely new song with lyrics in a made up language.
1: Oh, uh, I love when stuff does that.
0: I, I had one little problem with it in that I think maybe it was just like. The mix was a bit off because the lyrics were really loud in comparison to everything else, and were honestly a little distracting. Ah, so Uh,
1: the the opposite of a Nolan movie.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So that's that's a really nice one. But you know what's funny? I just actually watched Oppenheimer. Like the past. uh, Oh. (laughs) Oh man, dude, it was like I had to really turn it up to hear like the what they were saying, and then explosion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I've kinda just gotten to the point where I pretty much watch anything with subtitles on now. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh the, yeah, stuff's just mixed for a theater, not for the home. Yep. That's the problem. So uh next theme, just to show like the
0: the, the diversity of themes in this game. Okay, that there we go. Uh
2: that is the wrong one. Sorry. Timestamps baby. There we go. Not not trying to show us that that bassy piano.
0: No, I'm going to give you like the the mysterious intrigue music of Temenos the Cleric. Cuz he he he's I almost nominate him for best character cuz he's like an he's like an inquisitor, like he's like trying to solve mysteries. Uh, from the church but that also makes him like a skeptic and like the skeptic priest is one of my favorite tropes in media there's always a lot of uh opportunity for uh comedy there so you can hear like this is completely different tempo completely different instrumentation and that's like a key thing with all the character themes that all of them use a different you know selection of instruments to make the theme which i think is good like that's a very easy well, I shouldn't say easy. That's a very noticeable uh, technique that you can use to differentiate, you know, between different characters. And the last one I'm going to go here uh, is show's theme. Which, maybe this will make you guys regret not picking it for best character. But, got fucking electric guitar, baby. So even though the rest of the soundtrack is, like, instrumental got this like sick guitar and just wait for it alright oh, oh yeah Oh. get that sax in there get too man.
2: this feels like the most yeah. like this feels like the most American theme and also it yeah. just looks like a little bit like a western and I'm just thinking like I don't know it's not a gold rush town it's a silver rush town
0: yeah this particular one but yeah this is a great theme and uh the, the variations from this theme in particular that play uh along the uh, campaign are, are really good too so yeah Octopath Traveler 2 I think that I think that it's, it's a great soundtrack um it's a lot more memorable than the first game I don't really remember a lot of the tracks on the first game very well but almost all the character themes I remember pretty well uh For for uh, this one, so all right, I'll I'll stop it here because it's got a loop. So yeah, Octopath Traveler two—that's my my nomination. All right. So you guys are still keeping your secret? Didn't add it to the playlist yet?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. I figured we'd try to like keep it to the last last moment here. Right. It's uh it's funny actually. It, I I almo I considered nominating um Oh, why am I blanking? Oh yeah, I considered nominating Sea of Stars because it also did some cool stuff with like especially transitioning from day themes to night themes because you can control that in that game. I didn't ultimately do that though. Octopath oh,
0: Traveler 2 came out first. Get wrecked, Sea of Stars. Get
2: wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Uh I guess I guess I'll go next. Play it honest. All right. So my my nomination is Risk of Rain Returns, and I'm gonna be honest. Like a lot of the soundtrack is fear. You know, it's it's remastered versions of the music in the first game, which I don't. That's not necessarily a bad thing because, frankly, the I think. Like we were talking a little bit about this, like how it was like, you know, how did Risk of Rain the first game like become such a phenomenon? And honestly, I think part of it is just that the music is so good in the first game. And Chris Chris, Chris Christodoulou, which is an incredible name, the uh, composer, he really like kind of went back and, and just, just did a great job remastering these uh, tracks, I think. This one, Chance do uh, I really don't know how to pronounce this, Ch- Chanson dotong. It's like the Sky Meadow theme, primarily, really good. Uh, in Risk of Rain 2, of course, there's a similar track, similar-ish, the Rain form- formerly known as Purple. I love this one too, though, It's it's really good, one of my favorites. It's kind of really nice. Kind of the way it uses, like, I don't know, an oboe or something. Not sure what instrument that is. I think it might. It's like an oboe or some kind of re- interesting reed instrument. You don't, you don't see, you don't see that used very much in video game music. But it's also in uh, the pure. Uh, what's that? The in the DLC. The yellow level with the purifying pools. Sulfur pools? Yeah. Or, oh, uh. No, no, no. The uh. uh Thelian Sanctuary? Yeah, yeah. But the second stage, right? Yeah, yeah, the second stage, the sanctuary. Yeah. That's another, uh. That's another one that uses kind of some similar instrumentation to this one. Chance d'Auton. Chance on D'Auto. I cannot speak French, so I'm absolutely, absolutely butchering that. So. I like this one. Well, I'm right it's, there with you. It's a bit more chill. Um, but you know, the other thing I like about Risk of Rain and, and the way that its soundtrack is composed is that there's a lot of music that just like it does this kind of like this slow, this slow intro thing, and then I'm gonna skip ahead because it really kicks in a bit later. And that's kind of, it kind of comes in and out. Um, but this this track, Moisture Deficit, another great track. This one's, uh, I think this is actually one of the first levels. Uh, or no, Teleporter Event. But uh, you know, you're just like, you're just getting lulled. Getting lulled in. You're like, yeah. Go to sleep. No, you can't. It's a really, it's a really nice, uh, it's a really nice balance. And there, like, there's some other tracks that are like you know kind of chill throughout, and others that are just like really aggressive, especially for some of the boss, some of the boss music. Uh, But I I really like those. And then something that was really interesting for the uh, Risk of Rain Returns specifically uh, was this track. And so there's two versions of Coalescence. There's Coalescence that plays during the game, and then there's the Coalescence that plays during the credits. And this is the one that plays during the credits. And... It's just really... really just a very relaxed kind of version of the song and then it's got this uh just like a just like a solo singer basically like a vo- a vocal version of the melody yeah yeah it's a, a vocal just some vocal singing it's not really lyrical so much as it's just melodic a cappella Acapella is, in fact, a term that one could use if you are a musician.
0: I don't know if acapella refers to a person just doing a part or doing the entire thing. I don't know. Not sure.
2: Oh, you've also got this just like this plucked guitar. Um, but this is a super cool, super cool way to end off with the credits. And it does kind of build up into a, a more full track a bit later. I really like it. It actually reminds me a lot of Cirque du Soleil and their style uh, because they kind of do this interesting kind of like building vocal forward melodic thing in some of their shows. It's a very it's a very like beautiful track. Anyway, that's uh that's the coalesce that's the sort of a cappella version of Coalescence with Maria Papajorju. I have no idea how to pronounce that name properly either. And then we're also just gonna listen to a little bit of the the, the classic Coalescence remaster, because like I love this track. It's really funny. This track um April doesn't like this track at all because it like makes her anxious and kind of like just unsettled which is kind of I I've always found it kind of interesting because in a in a way it's really it, it kind of takes a while to build up but it really is like this is sort of like the last level and it plays and and it's, it's a really difficult it can be a very difficult level and it's supposed to be challenging and the thing about risk of rain is that you are on a hostile planet that is trying to kill you so it makes sense for it to be a little bit anxious even when it's uh, even when it's like sort of slow and relaxed and so I've always thought that this this track really encapsulates the game's mood more so than than others to me. And then, at some point, there we go. Then it hits. Eventually. Well, see, and there, here's the thing. This track, it takes a while for it to really hit, but in my experience, it often, like, Matches the way the level plays really well because although I don't know that it's time, I don't know if it's adjusted dynamically. But it's just the the way it's timed. I inevitably seem to be having shit going horribly wrong when the track kind of kicks up a notch later in later in its uh, later in its uh, running time. I, I'm not I'm not sure if they do any any kind of dynamic music like edit jumping around I, don't know. Well, I, Some... I think they did that,
0: they did that in um, the first version of the final stage in for Rain 2 so it wouldn't surprise me if they did Returns as well
2: yeah I think that yeah I think they might because it, it, it always seems very well timed uh, when I'm actually playing through the level anyway I could, I could I could keep going on with this but it's a great soundtrack I think that's that's one of the things that I think really uh, made Risk of Rain stand out. It's just that the soundtrack is so good, and it fits it fits the sort of just mood of the game very well. I think. And Risk of, Retan- Ra- Risk of Rain returns is it's just Risk of Rain, but basically just better, and the music is part of how it's just better because it's it's pretty much the same songs, but just remastered and with a bit more, uh, you know, the composer has had more time to refine what he's sort of doing in terms of the mood of the game, of the series. All right, so
1: my nomination is Cassette Beast. Um, I mean, for a game where... uh, like the whole gimmick is you've got these cassettes and you're putting, you you're walking them to turn into the monsters. Like you better have some good music for it. Um, so this is the main battle theme. Um. And uh, so the the soundtrack for *Seppe* Be- is described as furious '80s synth rock meets British indie. Okay. Th- that's um, a description, all right. <laughs> Now, uh, I don't think I talked too much about the music when I talked about the game. Not really. But one thing that the game does that I really like... I like
2: the bullet bill on that album art.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, But, so what it does is... uh, So one problem I have with RPGs, um, especially like the Persona games, is the main battle theme like well it can be a good song can get very it can wear on you yeah, yeah because of how I, much you hear it i never want to hear the persona 4 battle theme ever again
0: i've heard that thing over a thousand times
1: um so what cassette beast does is so with the exception of the final boss battle and like the in town overworld music which only has lyrics play when you're inside a building in the town all the all the other like, not every song has a lyric version, but um, big one like big ones do, like all the ones that play in battle do, but the lyrics don't actually kick in until you f- use the fusion mechanic. So the lyric versions play very scarcely. Um, so I'm just gonna switch over to the lyric version of this one that's been playing now. Just jump ahead a bit. And, like, the uh, the lyrics will kick in seamlessly with where it is in the song when uh, you do the fusion. And, like, I don't know, I just... I re- like, all the lyric songs from this game I absolutely love, and I just... I actually ended up buying the soundtrack because not much of the game's soundtrack is available on Spotify um it's mostly just it's available for sale on steam and bandcamp just because um well they don't artists don't make a lot off of spotify um and it was a very small team uh but like i have been listening to like the lyric songs from this game like all ever since i played cassette Piece, and i absolutely love it um Gonna put on another one here. Uh. Yeah, like the the genre is definitely hard to nail down, which is why there's such a descriptor. <laughs> um. But I found I, so I actually found that description on the vinyl, on the vinyl version of the soundtrack. Oh, where you could where you can buy the actual vinyl. Um, and actually, one cool thing they did is they did actually release the soundtrack on cassette as well.
0: Uh, you kind of have to, <laughs> yeah. If you can name the
1: game cassette piece. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this. Uh, this soundtracks just uh, really stuck with me this year, and I just... I love it. Uh, let's jump ahead. Uh, yeah, no, um, I, I think it's a really good call having the lyric version kick in scarcely just so it doesn't become wearing on you. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's about it for me for Cassette Beast. Nice. Right, you, you, you mentioned something that
0: I, for, I forgot to mention about Octopath Traveler 2, is that it doesn't use the same like random battle theme throughout the entire game. Uh, it was like kind of three tiers of the like the three acts of the game there's a different battle theme for each act as well as you know obviously some special battle themes for special encounters boss mm-hmm. encounters and all that stuff so yeah that's super important like that's a make or break for me now in an rpg like you better have different music for your bad random guys yeah. throughout the game
1: <laughs> like like that first one i was playing as i said that was the uh that's just like your general encounter song but then mm-hmm. for like your different uh for for your different uh, like boss fights, like each of, each of those different types of boss fights has uh, has its own track. Um, so, like all the ranger battles, the uh, the archangel battles, like they they each have their own track that plays for them. So, what wins? That's tough. I mean I'm willing to uh I'm I'm willing to put my vote towards Risk of Rain.
0: Damn it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm gonna lose
0: three years in a row. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty stuck with my pick. Uh I, I think that the But, you know, <laughs> It's up to you guys. I don't want to just start knocking your guys' soundtracks here.
2: But I will if I have to. (laughs) You don't want to, but you will. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... uh... Yeah, I mean I think it's 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 challenging just, you know, listening to only snippets because I haven't played Cassette Beasts or Octopath Traveler 2.
1: And music is very subjective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is always the most <laughs> difficult category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have always liked the music in the Risk of Rain games, which is why it's kind of easy for me to uh throw my vote that way. Yeah, except I've
2: heard it before. <laughs>
1: But hasn't been nominated. Damn before.
2: remakes, man! Winning yeah, things. Yeah, and I also. <laughs> I mean, you also had just how you also have problems with the gameplay, which I think yeah. we've discussed.
0: Sure, but that doesn't. Anyway, okay. The soundtrack's good. It's just a I've heard it before, and B it's it's ve- it's very similar to you know Risk of Brain Two soundtrack as well which is kind of what happens when you get the same composer. and Actually, you know what? I'm I just
1: I'm throwing my vote towards the uh, sax and guitar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. All
2: right. <laughs> I mean. Swing vote has been convinced. Yeah. Roaring 20 is the swing vote. The swing oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like the Risk of Friends anxiety- soundtrack... Like, all of them are good, but I've always found myself, whenever I'm playing Risk of Rain 2, putting my own music on. Or putting on something else to listen to while I'm playing it. That's probably a consequence of me playing so many hours of it,
2: but. Yeah, I mean, when It's, you play... it's not something that really, like, stuck with me uh, that far in. When you play a game for 700 hours,
0: that's also a little bit. It's also more difficult to appreciate music in a multiplayer game when you're just talking to people.
2: Oh, that's true, yeah. Also, let's be real. The Rain, formerly known as Purple, is uh, not in the first game, so what are you going to do? Because that 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 is probably my favorite track out of out of all the Risk of Rain music.
0: Mine for the DLC second level is my favorite. Oh, okay, the DLC. I, I love the buildup on it.
2: Yeah, the, um, that one is also uh, really good. Like I it's, really it's love prequel- that cool. one, too. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Octopath Traveler seem, 2 seemed like it had. seemed like it was pretty good for an RPG. Like, I don't know. It's hard to judge <laughs> something like that. It's a lot of qualifiers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. This is an impossible category for us to, like, relate. Really... Okay, well, anyway. this it's... is a, It's the most subjective category. We cannot be objective about it. That's yeah, just how it is. This, we kind this, of should, have
1: to this should be a personal category.
0: Flop, flop off those. I know, but it's more. <laughs> I like the. I like the contention, all right.
2: It sounds like the swing boat... We don't yell at each other
0: enough. We... It
2: sounds like the swing vote. <laughs> we're too gone, understanding. Man. It's, it's we're, we're too Canadian. Sorry, eh? Yeah. This is why the podcast's not popular, right? We're not unhinged enough. Yeah, we're Ugh. We're too so, we're we're, I will we're say, too well adjusted.
0: If if you guys didn't pick Octopath Traveler 2, I might have gone off a little bit. <laughs>
2: okay i don't know i didn't Um, that's the thing i didn't hate it it was nice anyway if we're are we are we just let's just move on okay i i will say though that i had another potential nominee
0: here that i knew would win if i picked it but i felt it wasn't fair to pick theater than final bar line because trying to (laughs) argue that any other soundtrack that year beats 300 plus curated Uh, selections from arguably one of the most influential music franchises in video game history. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? That's not original music, so I don't think it should count.
1: (laughs) Plus some guest music.
0: Yeah. Hey, Plus plus some Octopath music.
2: There we go. Octopath, Near. It's got Octopath. That makes it better. It includes Octopath. Alright.
0: Big set, subset. Let's go. Okay, I don't know how to print spell cassettes apparently.
1: Uh, or do I? Two S, two Ts? Oh, uh, hey, nice. One S, two Ts. Or do I have it wrong here? Oh wait, no, it is two. Two and two.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> Almost. Right, now... Accidentally wrote Risk of Rain Returbs.
0: Risk of Rain Perturbs.
2: Oh, Risk of Rain Perturbs. <laughs> that would be a...
0: Alright, yeah. we need a we need a perturbator uh collab Perturbator Risk of rain perturbs. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah.
2: That'd be sick. Alright. Uh, special Cyberpunk Risk of Rain level. Yeah. Now,
0: you know what's not Cyberpunk? Lo fi chill. I This is the lo-fi award to chill game for chill games to relax to. Like if you're gonna try to argue cyberpunk. that Cyberpunk is potentially lo- lo-fi chill
2: it's all about technology and corporate oppression (laughs) okay but if you had like lo-fi chill music in like a lounge in a cyberpunk setting that would that would work could work maybe as soon as the shooting starts obviously the music has to like kick into like a completely different gear but
0: yeah so these are just you know games that you can sit down play relax not particularly stressful but just a good time to have when you know you need to decompress now i was going to nominate picross 3d round two because picross is awesome picross 3d is awesome and it's you know just more puzzles uh on top i haven't actually played the first one but it seems like there's a ton of ton of content in here uh the problem is, is that this would be my worst controls of the year because this game actively hurt my hands. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> It's on the 3DS and the way it works is you have the stylus and you use the stylus to tap to either you know delete blocks, paint them a different, uh, two different colors, or mark them as potentially being one of those two different colors based on standard like numbers saying, okay, here's how many of this color are in this row and whatever. It's a fantastic puzzle game. The problem is that the stylus does too... It doesn't do enough. You use the stylus for tapping, use the stylus for rotating, and like kind of like uh, shifting the uh, play grid to like see cross sections, so you can get into like the innards of the 3D uh, cube or rectangular prism that you're working on. But to determine whether what happens when your stylus taps a uh, block, you have to hold down uh, buttons to do that. And so there's there wasn't, like, an option for you to tap things on the screen to put you into different modes to then tap on the, on Weird, the bricks. Weird, because
1: other Picross stuff I've played on the 3DS does have that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, may, maybe, like, they didn't want it to do too much because it's 3D and you're rotating around something. I don't know. But, like, you have to either use the, like, face buttons, circle pad... The triggers to like go to these different uh, modes for selecting that just it hurt my hand after a while, so like it's I can't chill and relax to this game as much as I want to, uh, so instead, I'm gonna nominate so it gets, a game.
1: It, it, it would get the Kid Icarus Uprising Award,
0: yes, 100%. <laughs> it may here's the thing, and it's like okay, well, maybe it's just like my hands cramping because like I'm too like. My fingers are just too long, so I have to like uh, retract them too much to hit the circle pad and the shoulder button while I'm using it. But at the same time, if I had you know a 3DS XL, that would also be a heavier thing for me to be holding yeah, it in it one hand. Extra weight. So it's like, I don't even know if that would balance out. Um, so yeah, I'm not nominating that. Instead, I'm going to nominate Growth. Uh, Growth was a game that was... Uh, it was released last year, and so the best way that I could... Dis- Describe it is that it's a 4x game where you're not exterminating anything but at the same time i don't want to call it a 3x game
2: wait a minute is this oh is this the wait okay i was just thinking there's a very different game that is also described as a 4x game without combat but it's space themed that right, just
0: this, completely missed. Okay. This is not that. That's fine. No worries.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, so it's it's a very relaxing game where you're basically like... Uh, you have little habitats that have animals in them, and different uh, types of animals will be able to move uh, across this board in different ways. So you're exploring to uncover more of the map, uh, expanding by claiming new little habitats to get more animals. I guess you're exploiting the resources of you're exploiting those animals by making them like run out and search for you uh but the game is it's very satisfying to play the sound effects and the visual effects when you're uncovering the map are really really nice they're like switch ui level satisfying sounding and and, and moving so it's like a pretty chill sort of puzzle game where uh you're trying to uncover it enough of the map to unlock more of the map and at a certain point you find a active volcano that's going to erupt so you need to send your your cute animals over there to calm down the volcano so you need to figure out like the kind of the most efficient way to use your animals and their different movement patterns to uncover like the maximum possible space of exploring while using the least amount of animals and like you've got you know deer bees Bees can fly. Bees can goats, fly. Goats, which goats which can move like great distances across mountains. You got ducks that can move across the water. So it's it's just a very chill time, and uh, it's a very cheap game as well. So it's it's a it's a, it's a nice little time.
1: Yeah. You know, as an aside, I just had a thought. You could probably make a four X game. Where all the play, playable factions are just different species of ants.
2: <laughs> all right. Yeah, that that sounds like a thing you could do. I want carpenter ants. Carpenter ants <laughs> <laughs> plus twenty percent production for buildings. Oh come on! I want leaf cutter. I want leaf cutter ants. They obviously cut leaves way better than anyone else. Or maybe other people can't cut down leaves. I don't know. Or maybe bullet ants. Oh. Mess everything up. <laughs> just 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 big big tanky gun big big tanky ants. You don't get a lot of them, but they're just beasts.
1: So my nominee for this category is a bit surprising considering the content of the game, but despite that, it's very relaxing at times. And that's Dredge. <laughs> Despite the eldritch horrors, it is it can be a very chill game. Just managing your little fishing boat, going out, doing little fishing mini-games to fish, or dredge up items from the seafloor, laying down your uh, crab pots, going away and coming back to check them later. And occasionally maybe something from the deep uh, starts to uh, creep up on you. But... Uh, yeah, no. Uh, d- despite that, still very chill.
0: Yeah, what's more chill than fishing?
1: Nothing. Ice fishing. Ice yeah, fishing. It, you beat me to it. Uh,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. It's actually funny. I was, I was, I, I, I was tempted to nominate Hard Space Shipbreaker in this category because, despite <laughs> the aggressively dystopian capitalist nature of the, of the, of the, like meta game. The actual gameplay is like, you know, it's kind of like a chill. It's sort of like a chill puzzle game. Puzzle deconstruction. How to disassemble the ship without destroying it in the process. And sometimes you screw up and it just blows up. Goes all to hell. It's chill until you, like, die horribly, basically. And get charged lots of money in the process. (laughs) Um, But no, uh, instead, actually, I am nominating uh, new Pokemon Snap. Which is not a new release for 2023, but I I first played it in 2023, and that game is chill as hell. Just just taking pictures of Pokemon, just filling out your your uh, I guess it's not really a Dex, but you know you gotta take your photo photo, album, your photo (laughs) album. Yeah, I gotta gotta fill out your fill out your photo album, and then it's it's kind of a little interesting because there's like four spots for each pokemon now instead of just one and they're based on like it's it's based on like the rarity of the pose so if you catch them doing something really unique it could be like a higher rarity like a four star photo is usually some kind of special ability that that pokemon has surfing pikachu there's sir yeah yeah ser- dude serving pikachu is totally a thing and it, i think that's a four star photo if i remember right um but but you know you can get a one star photo too which is just like nothing special is happening and so trying to get like a high value a <laughs> getting a high value <laughs> getting a high value photo even though nothing interesting is happening is kind of like you know itself sometimes well uh, not a huge challenge but it just adds a little bit more depth to your photo album so you can kind of spend more time You know, picking out nice pictures and stuff. And then there's like, there's like a photo editing thing. I think I made a couple of silly edits, like that I sent in the group chat. Like there was one with a stupid like Raichu surfing Raichu, just just being ridiculous. Um, There's a there's a pretty funny there's a pretty funny pixelated Flareon picture I made. So it's just a it's just a fun it's just a fun chill little game pixelated yeah it's got that's filters lo-fi. that is lo-fi <laughs> that's a lo-fi that lo-fi flareon mm. and it's a good flareon yeah yeah and and you know actually like there's a there's a surprising amount of depth to it as well because there's a lot of like interactions between different pokemon and different like environmental objects um so much in fact that i'm like i have no desire to 100 percent that game because there's pages and pages and pages of these like little challenge things and some of them are just like really obscure as to what you're even supposed to do uh to the point where it's actually a little frustrating and i'm like no also like they're really finicky sometimes it's like hey get a um, get a Pokemon to do this particular thing, and you take a picture, and they're totally doing the thing, but the game just doesn't recognize that it's happening, and so you don't get the award, which is really annoying. So, I guess it's not. Let's well, see all... that they still didn't fix that from the N sixty four version. No, no, and I don't know how the I don't know how the game engine recognizes these things, but it it it's really finicky about getting some of those things sometimes. So. What can you do? But overall, super chill, relaxing game. Just shoot some pictures of Pokemon, fill out your photo album. Yeah, it's like the it's like the pure definition of like fi relaxing game in this category. I think some good selections there.
0: I'm I'm liking Pokemon as a pick here.
2: Yeah, I got to agree.
1: Like that's ain't no Eldritch horrors there. Uh,
2: yeah, there's no Mister. Is there, is Mister Mime in the game? Mister Mime. I believe is in the game. I think.
1: What about guzzlord I oh. don't. Do I even want to
0: know? Here, uh, we need to bring up his anime cry. Actually, that's that's doable. <laughs> yeah, it very much is. Oh yeah, I think I think it's this
2: one. Hold up. Maybe Mister Mime's not in the game. I literally just don't remember. Oh yeah, that's it. Oh what? What the hell? That's his cry. <laughs> All right, then.
1: Just sounds like a guy screaming. Okay, so the lo-fi war for chill
0: games to relax to goes to new Pokemon Snap. And now we go from, you know, chill games to ones that just bum us out, because it's time for the biggest bummer. This could be the worst game we played, the most disappointing
1: game we played. Well, why don't I start us off here? Okay. So my biggest bummer... Is a DLC. And it doesn't so much have to do with the content of the DLC, but the performance of the DLC and the game, which it is in, because I feel like these DLCs would have been the last chance to see any kind of performance update for these games. And this is the DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It's not so much has to do with the content of the game, but just the performance because in some ways the DLC even performs worse in some areas. Yeah.
0: Have you seen uh, Fizz and Deputy or whatever's uh, far away? When you're looking at it, it's literally yep. three frames flapping in the air. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Might as yes. well have just made it a V.
1: Yeah. But it's just... The performance of it is kind of... Like, I, I'm still working on on the second DLC right now. And the way the game runs is kind of what keeps me from, like, booting it up and just finishing it. you think a smaller area would help
0: matters, but how? I, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, in, in the second DLC, it's kind of divided up into... uh into four areas. You've got, like, a... Tund- or well not tund- not tundra like a savanna area which probably runs well it's one of the two worst running areas because it's got like all this long grass and then you've mm. got like the tropical area which again you got a lot of green grass some tall palm trees also doesn't run great the ice area again doesn't run great just because there's a lot of water in the area too and the area that runs best is the one that's just like a rocky mountain.
2: Just yeah. like kind
1: of a plain rocky mountain, no or very few blades of grass to have to render. <laughs> just uh, I would have liked to see a performance update, but it's it's not coming at this point.
0: Yeah, and like me and you, when we talked about Val in the first place, like we somewhat forgave the performance issues just based on, you know, the newness of of the feel of the game, but that's a you know, Pokemon's a long game, yeah. And then coming back to it like a long time after the fact and still being this
2: bad that's pretty inexcusable, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. At this point, I'm just like really, uh, disappointed with uh, a lot of the stuff with the newer, newer Pokemon games. Like even when it's even when it's not as bad, it's still pretty bad considering the, where it should be. How did New Pokemon Snap run? Uh, oh, New Pokemon Snap ran great, and it looks great. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think it was developed by Game Freak though. Huh. Um, no, I uh, actually cool. let's check it. Yeah, New Pokemon Snap um like looked like a Wii U game instead of a Wii game. Oof. Uh, it was uh, developed by Bandai Namco. Ah, Bamco. Okay. Ah,
1: yes. The, uh, yeah, yeah. Because apparently, Bandai off. Bamco now actually has a division specifically for helping on
2: Nintendo games. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, new new Pokemon Snap, you know, actually looks really good. And honestly, I would, I would hope so because that's the entire point of the game. I pokin looks really good again bandai namco yeah like uh and and that's the thing like it doesn't have to you don't have to have like super high poly models or or, or like crazy oh, no. textures like to make pokemon look good um you you need i would say like a a understanding of how to make that art style work i i i guess i don't know like that that's a thing like it's It doesn't seem like it should be that hard, but even like Arceus, which I liked, looks like honestly trash Uh, and like new Pokemon. But I would still say
1: it looks better than Scarlet and Violet.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the thing, though. Even even when Arceus came out, people were like kind of kind of dunking on it. And then it's like just getting it's continuing to get worse like it shouldn't be. And yeah, I kind of, yeah. and I gave RCS a huge pass because I actually liked some of the ways that it was changing the formula.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But like, even like just looking back, I'm like, you know, the frame rate issues, especially the draw di- uh, in the, in the distance that the draw distance issues in general, like just the crappy texture, everything, like it doesn't have to be that ugly. And actually, yeah. Like now that I'm like, you know, and, and Pokemon snap also has like some fairly uh, I mean, it's a lot more closed in compared to like something like Arceus or Scarlet and Violet, but it still has like some substantially large areas. So I'm kind of I feel I feel like it's really kind of inexcusable how how bad like the mainline Pokemon games are yeah, have it- become.
1: And it's not even a matter of the hardware of the Switch at this point. There's plenty of examples of games looking good and running well on the Switch. Tears of Like, like, even though it, like, even though it caps at 30, like, it looks good. Like, it it makes the best of what it can with the hardware. Yeah. Also,
0: consistent 30
1: any day of the week over a variable frame rate. But then you also look at, like, Mario Odyssey, which looks great and runs at 60.
2: Yeah, that's been that was a while ago now.
1: Yeah. That was like second year yeah. of the Switch, I want to say. Yeah, we've we've gone over the performance issues in this game yeah. a lot. And it, it's it's troubling to see that they're still there, but Yeah. You know. And if if it weren't for those performance issues, I feel like Gen 9 would actually be my third favorite gen. But the performance issues just Hold it back. Yep.
0: Okay, so this year I, I, I was I didn't have the passion for a lot of games this year that I had the last couple years. Unfortunately, except for this category, where mm. like a lot of games bummed me out, and there's games I played that I, I think are objectively not good, but for me, the worst was the first the first game i played this year which was fire emblem engage
1: oh <laughs> right no
0: Nuh-uh. the colgate ad absolutely no screw this game act legitimately franchise killing for me like Oof. at this po- at this point fire emblem is not a is not a per uh buy unseen purchase like, I'm going to have to, like, dig in. I'm going to have to wait for other people to tell me their thoughts before I want to play this game. Which sucks, because, like, you know, there's an era of Fire Emblem that I think are some of the best strategy games ever made. And this game just takes the strategic elements of the franchise, throws them out the window, replaces them with terrible character designs, worn-out plots, really, like, just incongruous aspects to it
1: when it comes to like outfits and stuff like that they yeah, leaned... got some of that uh, tokyo mirage session spilling over into mainline fire emblem they went full anime
0: they didn't have to go full anime they could have kept it being this you know like 90s anime era style with great tight strategic gameplay but instead they decided to make it broken and still keep it looking medieval Yeah, like, uh, I get that games have to evolve. You can't just put out the same game over and over again. But this was not the way. Three houses. that was the way. I have problems with that game, but that game tried. This game, no. Like, again, I quit this game very early on, which is not something that I do very often. I don't drop a game because I hate it like that often i generally want to see it through especially if it's something in a franchise that i really really like just to see if it gets better if it gets worse but i just could not care less about this game
1: maybe i'm misremembering here but aren't there two different teams making fire emblem games at this point so um
0: bandai namco did three houses okay should bandai namco just
2: take over nintendo
0: Maybe. <laughs> Whereas the team that did uh, Fire Emblem Fates did engage, which says all you need to know about because Fates is even worse. Mm. Like I, I just could not get over this game, and it this this game hurt me <laughs> in, in a way that m- not many games have. Uh, Alex, what about you?
2: Ah, uh, biggest bummer. Um, you know been on the lookout for co-op games to play you know with april or or maybe in the future you know with uh, with the little one but you know one of those games i tried uh i tried dungeon of the endless and i want to be clear i am not talking about endless dungeon because the naming scheme of the endless universe is a dumpster fire to be honest um but yeah so dungeon of the endless is i do not like this game at all. And maybe maybe that's just me, but um, first of all, yeah, the co-op isn't really co-op. It's more just like, it's, it's basically just two people that happen to control the same menu system, uh, which is never ideal. Uh, and I don't know, calling that co-op is kind of just like, I don't know. It, it, it's not really, it doesn't really feel like co-op. And so as a co-op game, I wouldn't recommend it. I tried to play it just single player, and mostly I just didn't like it. It's a really, it's a really awkward mix of turn based, uh, turn based strategy gameplay and tower defense and real time, uh, real time combat, which is just a weird. I, I, I just felt it was a weird mix that didn't really, yeah, yeah it didn't gel at all. It like it felt like, felt like I was. Yeah, it felt like the it felt like it was trying to do too many things in in very distinct styles that I didn't like because it was almost like yeah. if it was a if it was something more like a real-time dungeon crawler, I probably think that would have been better which as as far as I understand is actually the direction they've gone with Endless Dungeon. Like Endless Dungeon from what I've seen is more like a uh like a top-down dungeon crawler, which seems like a much better direction for it to go versus the, the weird the weird disjointedness of what dungeon of the endless is yeah like i i played endless legend
0: in the endless universe and it, it was basically the exact same thing they had way too many ideas that they tried to cram into one game mm. and like you know some of your parts met. like it, it just didn't work so i guess that's something that this developer can maybe work on a little bit
2: yeah like and it's yeah sometimes it's okay
0: to say no say no when planning a project
2: yeah it's weird too because like i definitely heard a lot of good things about dungeon the dungeon of the endless but i didn't it didn't click at all for me and i i was not enjoying it in in really any way i kind of forced myself to go through like several hours just because i wanted to give it a i wanted to give it a chance but it i just didn't like it at all and yeah, and it seemed like a, not only that, but like a lot of the mechanics seemed almost like, like it had a, it had so many mechanics, but also like a lot of them were just really weak. Like you're getting upgrades and the upgrades are just so worthlessly small, but there's also not very many of them. And so it's like, yeah, you're strapped on resources. You got to like really make decisions about how to upgrade your characters and weapons and stuff and, and your tower defense stuff. your rooms and power upgrades and all this, all this, um, except it, it, except it like almost doesn't even matter because like your upgrades aren't even very good. It's like the worst of, of both, you know, there's like, you can make, you can make it so that upgrades are really meaningful and, you know, you have to choose between them. Um, or you can make it so that there's a lot of upgrades and they're individually not that big but you know they kind of add up because there's a lot of them and this seemed to have some kind of like awful awful middle ground of like you don't get very many upgrades and most of the upgrades are not very helpful and i was like this is a really brutal really brutal and then it seemed like you know it, it seemed like the way to like actually kind of metagame it was to essentially try and save resources between floors and not use them but the problem is that the game just really didn't see like it didn't really seem like it rewarded saving resources between floors very much because again the resources just aren't really they don't actually get you very meaningful upgrades anyway and there's no like and there wasn't really there's like a little bit of economy where you spend money to make money so if you like get certain upgrades early in a floor then you can theoretically get more resources out than you spent to like on, on the resource gathering. But the problem is that it just doesn't really, it just didn't really seem to, to, to scale very well. Like, like it was just, it was just a constant struggle. And like, I was struggling against like weird controls like a fundamentally strange economy in the game. And then also just like an awful, just sort of an awful mix of like trying to like min-max turn-based stuff in real time. And I'm like, no, I just don't like it. It was kind of like a, yeah, very disjointed experience and the mechanics didn't just didn't gel with each other. So yeah. Dungeon the Endless it's a a big thumbs down from me and I know it's an older game at this point but I played it this year and it was extremely disappointing
0: alright so which one of these wins or
2: loses
1: I kind of want to go with uh, Fire Emblem here because well thank you <laughs> while the performance yeah. of the Pokemon games is what it is I wouldn't say it's franchise killing. Yeah, I think franchise so. killing.
2: A fr- franchise killingly bad execution is uh I, I think a uh, the contender here. Yeah. Uh At least the I don't Endless I feel good about it. <laughs> at, least the, at least the Endless universe might be getting better. Yeah. Upward
0: trajectory instead Upward of Upward trajectory. trajectory.
2: Yeah. But also I just remember that that yeah, like
0: like you, you, you guys watched a
2: little oh, bit last week. It, right? it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. And like even, even apart from like even divorcing, like any sort of talk about the history, just the entire plot was utterly, utterly born. Like it was, it was the worst sort of like just
0: exposition yeah, dump, but ex- not even. But they were
2: they would dump exposition that somehow it failed to build a world. Yeah, yeah, it was like pointless exposition dumping that didn't even matter, and also didn't even like it wasn't even like how you tell a story. Like they were pretty much just laying out a bunch of garbage right at the beginning, and then there's like nothing to even figure. Like there isn't even a story. Like there's just like yeah here here let's just dump the entirety of everything right now and also it's poorly thought out and doesn't even make sense and it's like what are you doing
0: well so let's get away from the negativity because it's our final category and that is the game of our year so which game did we play last year that stood out above all the rest and for me at least this was difficult again not because that there were a lot of great choices for me but i kind of struggled a little bit uh to choose a game that i was truly passionate about even the game that i chose i weirdly didn't finish where right? i i just dropped it kind of went uh or i i i dropped it and didn't really go back to it i straight up don't know why and I really need to. Uh but it's a fantastic game that does pretty much everything right that I played in it and that's control. Uh you know we, we talked about this at a very, very long time, me, me and Alex uh in a previous episode, so I won't go over too too much about what it does, but you know uh great voice acting, great atmosphere building, characters are interesting, suspenseful uh keeps it on the edge of your seat. You it doles out information in a way that makes you want to explore more and find out more. The combat is has extremely satisfying gunplay. Still probably the most satisfying third person gunplay that I've played. Uh the powers are fun. E- environments are cool. Yeah. Everything about it is like pretty damn top notch.
2: Yeah, and um not just that, but I'd say the DLC like really just did a good job extending it too. Um, because uh the the way the main game ends leaves it a bit open. Uh for obviously they had the DLC planned, like almost for sure. And uh it yeah, and the DLC really extended on on just just more environments in particular, like really uh, some of my favorite, probably my favorite environments actually are in the first DLC, the uh, Foundation DLC. Really cool, really cool stuff. Um, the other DLC kind of builds on the Alan Wake universe a little bit as well, cause it's it's the same universe and there's uh, some tie-in, uh, just ties it together and I'm not sure If we're going to see, like, future Control, I I don't know if we'll see a sequel to Control that, like, integrates further into the Alan Wake story. I'm not really sure, but really cool, uh, really cool game. Love it. I am just going to say now, I also nominated Control for my game of the year. Well, I guess we know what wins. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you could make a good argument, we could change your mind. If you make a good argument, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, a lot of the same, a lot of the same reasons, right? Just pretty much everything in the game is really, really well done. Um, I thought that the game also looks really great uh, for two reasons. Like the graphics are good, and I think actually it was one of the games that was early to the RTX kind of. Uh, I don't have, I didn't play with RTX because my GPU is kind of not great. Like,
0: the the RTX train, I'm pretty sure went Minecraft, Quake, Control. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was the first, like, really big one that uh, really pushed that as a feature. Yeah, nature.
2: but apart, even apart from that, I think the game just has an incredible, it has an incredible, like, just art direction, and it has a very clear idea of, like, what it's trying to do. Um, It's got, like, coolest and i'm i'm kind of rehashing some things we said a while ago but just some of the most interesting like brutalist kind of architecture uh, that i've seen in the video game very intentional with the uh, designs there and they also just did a really good job setting up just like a lot of just a lot of like just just set pieces and shots and the cutscenes and and scenes in general like it's really really everything about it really good the only thing i even kind of felt like i didn't 100 percent like was just like that i thought some parts of the crafting seemed a little bit unnecessary but that's like such a minor complaint about the game overall all right so i'm
0: excited to hear uh what, what, what math choice is because i know i know like a lot of the games you played this year and a lot of them are like pretty pretty fantastic so which one yeah. stood out above the rest
1: well, as is the listeners at home can't see this, but as is evident on my desk behind me, I love mechs.
2: Hmm. I've
1: got a I've got a bunch of Gundam model kits. Um so for me I think the clear choice was Armored Core 6. Buyers um, of Rubicon. <laughs> yep. A game that offers uh Pretty decent mech customization with a wide variety of weapons to choose from. Um, in fact, they even had a recent patch that added some more. Um, so now, rather than dual wielding uh, uh, mini guns, you can now quad wield Ooh, them what? with shoulder mounted ones as well. Oh man, <laughs> quad wielding—that's <laughs> a, that's a game changer right there.
2: Um, so you got a? Uh, do, you, do you get? Okay, so do you get? You know. Uh, the, the two bumpers are a gun each and the triggers are a gun each. <laughs>
1: yeah, so you basically gotta play fingers on triggers and
2: bumpers. Wait, and actually? Just... <laughs> actually? Okay, oh, that was a joke. Like, like PS2 Guitar Hero. I was joking. Holy crap.
1: Um, well, yeah, I so mean... <laughs> the traditional controls is your primary left and right weapon are the triggers, and then your shoulder uh, your shoulder uh, equipment is your um, the bumpers uh, so if you're wielding four miniguns just hold down all four and you're just That's tearing hilarious. through shit
0: <laughs> you thought the triple uh, plasma rifle in cursed halo was good four
1: gatling guns <laughs> I don't know man like the, the, the third arm the third arm though <laughs> um, but yeah the uh, the ability to customize a wide variety like you can do like a very heavy build with a bunch of heavy weapons and um, just to support the weight tank treads instead of legs Um, or you can do something really light and high mobility with some faster weapons to just uh, just move around and the game does Especially against bosses, the game kind of makes you, especially, well, especially early on as you're playing through the first time, it really makes you kind of adapt to the bosses, um, and it allows you. Whenever you die, you can uh, you can choose to uh, recustomize right there um, in the mission, which uh, is really good for when you're stuck um instead of being stubborn and just trying to keep going at it with the build you're using try something a little different uh but what you have available to you is only what you've bought so as you play you have to purchase parts and um it it actually does something really good which uh i believe you can sell parts back to the shop at cost so you can kind of shuffle around what you have um without, like, losing money selling parts. Uh, but it does affect what you have. Because when you customize in mission, it's only what parts you have on hand. Uh, but yeah, no, the uh, the game's great. You've got a variety of, like, uh, large bosses and some, like, fights against uh, bosses of the same size. I don't know. I, I, I think both types of boss fights have their merit, where you're fighting something bigger than you, but then also the fight against something of equal size. Yeah. Um, And there's even this one mission that was really tough, where you're first tasked with dealing with two of these... two two other enemies that are pretty tough. Um, And, and you've only got a time limit before a third one comes in as well. But yeah, no, like... uh in terms of like mechs will always uh i've always got a bias there <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I i mean i did play another mech game this year zone of the enders but uh yeah no compared oh, to really? of course huh yeah that, that was like early the first on in the one? Year. yeah wow uh but uh yeah, and, and it also seems to do away with the uh, the very weird control scheme that the previous uh, armored cores had oh. you rely on. Oh, that sounds so good, though. Holding the controller, for those who can't see it, you're basically holding the controller
2: backwards. facing away
1: from you backwards. What? Why? Uh Cause it was the most optimal way to play oh my it. God, <laughs> armored core grip. Uh, silly, but yeah, no, that's armored core. That's my nomination. But I'm willing to put my vote towards control, because it just it sounds really good, and I definitely want to get to it. It's
0: tough. I could go either way on honestly, uh, because like while well, I you know said you know, a bunch of glowing things about control, and I recognize its objective a great game like I don't necessarily have like the strong personal passion for it that I do with uh, like certain games I play during a year like my last two uh, GUI nominations were games that I was extremely passionate about like is Control one of like the top 100 best games ever made I think probably it, it probably is is it one of my top like 50 favorite games probably not so i think there's enough of a disconnect there that i don't necessarily think it's set in stone for me it's also me and alex both picked it so
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no i'm
0: I'm, like it's it's very it's very easy for me to say yes to control
2: yeah i mean armored core six like sounds it does sound fun um yeah, a lot of like the mech designs. I, I also feel the like deckle stuff. I also kind of feel like if you had played control, that this might be just like a three-person voting. Oh for very Probably. much. Probably <laughs> would've been
0: the most would have been the
2: easiest category. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's there's also <sighs> Who knows I could nominate Control next year? Yeah. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> you could.
0: No. I, I'm refusing that. We didn't like <laughs> we didn't let uh Alex nominate Outer Wilds last year. We're not like you would nominate control next year. <laughs> And, like, there, there is an argument to be made, though, even though I'm saying this, I don't agree with it, that there is some merit to rewarding things that are more current. Because, you know, Armour Core 6 is a game that came out last year, whereas Control is a game that came out four or five years ago that already got its propers. Uh, but at the same time, I think that's wrong. And I think that with the format that we have, rewarding, you know, the game that we like the most that year
1: that's why it's the games of our year yeah
0: that makes me okay with that yeah so am i bolding bolding control i think so yep all right armored core six fires as as rubicon second place out of two
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so that uh that takes care of that let's go over the uh, some of the categories that we just went over. Uh, so we had our most anticipated games, which I'm not going to go over. Uh, we had the best level with uh, Swift Platform from the game of our year Control, and Mute City from F-099, with the winner being Make the Moon from Katamari Damacy Reroll. Uh, we had the weirdest crossover with many nominees, but we decided to go with Fitness Boxing cross Fist of the North Star. <laughs> Uh, Best Music, uh, we had Cassette Beasts and Risk of Brain Returns as nominees, with Octopath Traveler 2 winning. The Lo-Fi Award for Chill Games to Relax To had two one-word titles, Growth and Dredge, being nominated, but New Pokemon Snap, it has more words in the title, so it had to win there. <laughs> uh, it's got three times the words. Three times the words, three times the the wins. Infinite times the wins, I guess, I don't know. Uh, next, the biggest bummer, we had Dungeon of the Endless and the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC, both of them. Uh, but the winner being Final, Loser being Final, Fire, Emblem, and Gage. It sucks that, my, like, my two favorite franchises both, like, begin with Fi. <laughs> it's like Fire, Final, I get confused a lot. But finally, the game of our year, with nominees of Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Control, and Control, the winner is control <laughs> so we hope you had a fantastic 2023 and we hope that 2024 will be an even better year uh we'll we'll have to see how how, how that shapes up uh who knows maybe maybe the game of our year for 2024 could be anything could be pal world it could, it could be i doubt it'll be World, but it could be <laughs> who knows me and Alex might play it all right so that's the uh, santo signing off along with matt see you later
2: and alex bye everyone waving doesn't work alex no it totally <laughs> works what are you talking about <laughs> it's about that it's about setting the mood
0: like you need to wave like hard into your mic to like get past whatever filter you have on it to make it
1: you need to brush your hand right up on the mic while waving oh god that's gonna be hell to edit well all right
0: have a good one everybody <laughs>